Hello and welcome to the Paropod episode 125. Um, you heard your hosts, Mark and On, as usual. Yo, yo. We're back again. Uh, this week we have our recommended film, Jacob's Ladder, 1990 film, directed by Adrian Lin, or Lyon, depending how you pronounce it. Never heard of him. Don't know what else he did. But Jacob's Ladder is kind of a, it's a fairly well-known film that we had never gotten around to seeing before. And, uh, yeah. It's one of those films I've had in my, like, to watch for ages. Um, yeah, same, like for years. She did the OG, no, no, the 90s Lolita. Lolita yeah, he did Lolita uh, with Jeremy Irons. Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction, Deep Water, I don't know what that is. I think I've heard of that movie. Uh, nine and a half, I don't know what that is. Uh, it's, uh, you won't, You don't know any of the other yeah. stuff he did. But yeah, he did Jacob's Ladder, and it's it's a, it's 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 a bit of a, it's kind of not what I expected. No, we'll get on to that later on. We will get on to that. It's also not what I was expecting we, either. We won't, <laughs> we won't dive into that just yet. In about in about you know forty five minutes yeah. to an hour, we will get on to that. Uh, but yeah, how you been on? I've been good. I've been good. I had uh, possibly the worst twenty minutes of my life the other day. 20 minutes yeah wow. it's like 20 minutes for just everything I think it was yesterday it was yesterday <laughs> <laughs> already blacked it out yeah no, I'm trying to forget it was 20 minutes where everything that could have went wrong went wrong so for the listener I'm uh, I'm currently doing my my masters in emerging media which is basically it's a multimedia course oh. and as part of that we have to do soundscapes which is like recording the sounds of an environment and shit like that so my project was going to be doing it or not not would be but it is um the sounds of dublin bus mm. and part of that project i want to record myself getting onto the bus and tapping the leave card getting all those type of sounds tried it on monday got shit sounds didn't sound right at all so i was trying to redo it yesterday standing there have great sounds of cars passing by more bike went by a bike like a bicycle went by sort of like ding ding all that sort of noises great perfect the 104 is coming over. I'm like, Grant, everything's right. And I forget to stick my hand out to stop the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so the bus just passes me by. And it took me like a f- solid five seconds to realize what had <laughs> happened. And I was like, shit. Not only can I not get the sound that I'm looking for, I'm going to be late for college now as well. <laughs> so then I was like, right, fuck it, right. i got to run and get the go get the other bus. So I started bombing it down the road I get to the other bus I'm there kind of vaguely flustered trying to get the fucking mic sorted I get to the bus the bus stop it's due by the stage that I'm that I'm there so the bus is is coming I'm like oh right well fuck it I'll just get the sounds of me getting onto the bus bus pulls up I get onto the bus I reach for my leap card I have dropped my leap card (laughs) (laughs) in my flustered state to try and get the microphone right for the second time so I just stand onto the bus and just like, like look around in my pockets. <laughs> I get, f- I get, I fuck up the recording because of this as well. <laughs> and uh, I just, I just have to fucking let it go. And I was like, ah, oh, well, fuck it. He's nearly at DCU anyway, so I might as well just stand here. So I just didn't tap onto the bus. Then I get off the bus, and at this stage, I'm, I'm fuming. <laughs> Owen's, a, Owen's an agitated, angry boy at this stage. So I go around the corner, and I, I sit down on the bench, and I. Compose myself. I'm like, right, check and make sure that I didn't lose anything else. So I open up the, the bag of all the recording shit. Everything's there. I'm like, Grant, time to go to my lecture. And I stand up. I 
grabbed the handle of the bag and I forgot to zip the bag closed. <laughs> so everything spills out of the bag onto the ground. People all around me. I literally just go, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I have to crouch down and fucking pick up everything again. I ended up cracking the 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 Zoom microphone that I was using. Uh. That was still in my in my pocket, but the case fell out, like the protective case, and that is cracked. <laughs> it's 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 beyond repair. It is like the like the the hinges. Yeah, one of them is just gone. <laughs> Wait, is this a loan or did you buy? Yeah, it? this is a loan. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna get a bit of a bollocking over that. But we move, we move. Landy, you just have to show the recordings. I'm like, listen, bro, listen, this is the yeah, recording. L- l- listen, listen, <laughs> listen to this. You can, it's like, you can hear the moment, there's heartbreaks. <laughs> and then I go up to class and I fucking sit down and I'm like, oh, right, let's just fucking do this lecture. I forgot all my pens and my, all my pencils and shit like that as well. <laughs> so, you, you look down and you're only in your jocks. <laughs> I was literally like, if one more thing goes wrong, I'm just dropping out of college with this. <laughs> That was in the span of twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the no, the no pens, no, no. no I no could do just for that. The, uh, that but that's 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 a that's a great little like cap. That's a great capstone oh, to the whole yeah. experience. It was you know? just like the fu- I was like, I tripped over, I fucking hit the ground, I got kicked on the way down, and then someone just walked over and just like t- sprayed a little bit of piss on my head, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> the pens was the the sprinkle of piss on the head. <laughs> so you just you just sat there listening to the lecture. Yeah, I took. I was taking notes on my phone. <laughs> Stop, it's your mic. <laughs> <laughs> the lecturer said this. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh man, but it was one of those things where I was like, "Well, things happen in three, so nothing else could go wrong today." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's when you start taking chances, start taking risks. Yeah, I'm like, listen, I fucked up three times today. I can't fuck up. I can't fuck up a fourth. <laughs> you start answering questions in class, getting all them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like I could, I could walk a tightrope today, and be, I'd be fine because nothing else could go wrong. <laughs> Is uh please tell me you're gonna include some some part of those recordings? Were you recording the entire time? That, like, no, no, I wasn't. As rec- you're getting onto the bus, yeah, I was. I, I then <laughs> got a better sound. I, I think you could actually hear in the recording. I think I might have stopped it, but the, I think it's at one stage you can hear the flustered like checking of pockets <laughs> as I'm like, oh, don't tell me, I just lost my leap card. <laughs> it's all part of the sound of Dublin bus, you know. Yeah, no, the, I the, all the time. The underlying frustration of having to be on Dublin bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all the part of it. The dystopian nature of the Irish transport system. Yeah, you know, cutting through the uh, the veins of the city. Yeah, you know? straight lines, oh, man, smooth God. lines, lines of flight. Yeah, I was on buses for three hours on Monday. Fuck me, man. Yeah. No one should do that. No one should ever have to go through that. Eamon Ryan, full of shit. No one would get on a dumb bus for free. No. For fun. <laughs> three hours. It's only for work or to get to work. Yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or to go into down, but that's a separate thing. <laughs> totally different, yeah. That's that's a, that's a grand old start, though. It's, it, it builds character, you know? My life doesn't have like any major... You know issues, but mm. there's like constant like paper cuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's. Uh, Do you forget it, that? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's just like death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, literally, like that. <laughs> it's like small things that like are isolated, and like don't in the grand scheme of things are completely fine. But in the moment, you just want to put your fucking head through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then I mean, yeah, it's just me and my anger issues. But <laughs> oh, no, ten minutes later, you're like, yeah, it's all right. It's okay. I'll get over this. Immediately, I was like, "Listen, I'll make for a good intro to the podcast, so it's fine." <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. Literally, it, it's it all pays off in the end. We can always use our toughest experiences to build upon, to learn, mm. to be better people going forward. That's what it's all about. Yeah, 
That is what it's about. Don't run for the bus. Don't don't run for I buses. Do all the time. Don't run for buses. Mm. So like today, I was walking for the bus. I was like, I ain't running for that. I'm walking. And guess what? I got on that bus <laughs> from walking. So <laughs> <laughs> everything looking at Mill House. Yeah, I used to run for the Lewis every morning, just because uh, I'm like constantly late. <clears throat> I try to hide as much as possible. Um, so like I try to, you know. It, it, it's about a six minute walk like a leisurely walk from my house to Lewis up it's mm-hmm. just like ridiculously short like it's it, there, I have no excuse whatsoever it's 20 minutes on Lewis to my work as well just saying that we're I college have, man I have, <laughs> yeah I know yeah, yeah I was terrible like I was just just a fiend and like I think it's some kind of neurological disorder you know I'm not that lazy uh, but anyway I have I have a tendency to do that I used to run for Lewis like n- nearly every morning or like I like speed walk towards it nearly get hit by cyclists on like the cycling lane going down the canal they'll get you as well they ain't stopping they get you uh, but I learned to kind of adapt to that I evolved <clears throat> and uh, I took it in my stride after a while but there was a time I think it was, about, it was about two months ago where I just stopped I was like I'll never run for Lewis ever again because it was just so embarrassing um, I was just doing what I usually do every single day mm. pelting for the Lewis slashing rain <laughs> I'm barely awake uh, it's the kind of thing where, like, I don't remember like leaving my house, um, like it, w- when I remember waking up, like the start of my day, I wake up and then I'm in work. I don't remember anything else. Jesus I don't remember Christ. tapping on. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't have breakfast. I don't do any of that stuff. Um, so yeah, I was just in like autopilot mode. Ran up the stairs to get to the to the to the platform, and the Lewis was had just pulled in. I was like, I I know I can make it. Mm. It's like like I have like it's like it's built in, you know. Um, I can sense if it's like just about 10 seconds leeway I'm going to make it I know I'm going to make <laughs> but it but it's guess how your brain can do that real quick it's like just snap decisions like oh, I got this yeah yeah it's like the angles the timing where am I where how am many I? people are in front of me at the pace yeah. the wind direction <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I completely misjudged this one or else I had just had a really like evil Lewis driver but I got into it or I got up onto the platform and I went to go into Lewis and like as I was going in I was like like head down I was just focused on getting onto the thing as I was, I was as I was getting on, the doors closed and like closed like right on my head, oh, like literally like like squeezed my face, um, in front of a packed Lewis, <laughs> and uh, like I, it was I was stu- like the doors usually like if you put something in in between, yeah, the doors closing they automatically open again. These doors didn't automatically they just they just stayed there for like a good like two or three seconds while I was like staring in despair, total humiliation at this 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 cart full of <laughs> of uh, of commuters. And like a guy, maybe even worse. Oh. Fair play to this guy, but he tried to help me, and he like he got he came over and he st- grabbed the door and tried to like peel it back from my face and like push it back, um, and like it just didn't work. And eventually it gave, but it just like it opened a little bit and then closed again. And uh, I just like I was just caught standing there, literally red faced from like the pressure of the door on my head. Oh, going home, like staring as as the Lewis like slowly drifted away with the like. Everyone on it, just like staring at me. It's like this idiot, <laughs> like laughing at me. You know, I was Jesus. like, I will never run for the Lewis ever again. Uh, I know I haven't since. I, 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 I'm off that now. I'm you know, off that. I'm not about that life. You know what you should have done is if your man comes over, he's like, no, nah, no, nah, leave me like this. This is a lawsuit waiting for happening. Yeah. It just takes <laughs> off. It's just stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great excuse to being late as well. Yeah. It's like, All right, what happened to you? It's like I got caught in the Lewis. I got, yeah, I literally got caught in the Lewis. <laughs> I always remember being in uh, the underground in London, standing beside the doors, and man. The underground, when those doors shut, they fucking shut. They don't, they yeah. don't wait for anything. And uh, this woman literally 
dived in as the door is shut closed, which is a bit like, I hear it, like this one of like two minutes, <laughs> it's not that fucking serious, but anyway, <laughs> she dives in, like fucking slams through the doors as yeah. they're closing, but her bag gets wedged. Oh, that's, that happened to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's so embarrassing. And, uh, you're like a baby, just caught. Like the, the the fucking thing starts moving, so I had to fucking I was right beside her, so I had to like wrench open the fucking doors and yeah. slam them shut, bro. It like as soon as I opened them, they just slammed my fingers together. I was like, oh, like yeah. they weren't. Uh, I didn't have it like in a way that like my knuckles smashed into each other. Like I had them, uh, yeah, yeah, slightly yeah. one above the other. Uh-huh. So they just just the doors slammed my little fingies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, fucking London's a mean old city. Who would have known that the Lewis would take inspiration from that? <laughs> <laughs> they know that the, the, the pedestrians are better off, you know? It's just a lesson. Is I got a slap on the bum that time, and now I know better. Now I know not to do that again, and so does she. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if it's a slap on the bum or, like, you got punched in the face. It was more, like, a, it was, yeah, it was more like being boxed in the face <laughs> yeah. on like from both sides <laughs> yeah. at the same time. You got fucking, yeah, you just got, Double Busters is trying to drop you. <laughs> 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 or Double Busters, the Lewis trying to drop you. Yeah. I'm telling you, the Lewis is no joke, man. It isn't. It's no it's joke. Not, no laughing matter though. It's not funny. That's a, that is a mean public transport. It's a machine. It is. It's an actual Look machine. Look at the fucking... Ever see, like, you know, Dublin bus security? Yeah, yeah, It's like exactly. old, old fucking men or whatever. Lewis security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, like, fuck that. They're, like, threatening you and all, yeah. They're all, like, seven feet tall. Yeah. They're, like, in the fucking... They're in Bosnia. They're in... They're, they're like, they're in some they're kind like of genocide. Ops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck they're it fucking up. Navy SEALs. They're like, oh, you didn't pay one euro onto the Lewis. Here's a, a t- we're gonna we're gonna take your house and t- everything you love, your family. We're gonna you're gonna be in prison. Everything you know will be gone if you don't uh, pay this forty five euro fine. Yeah, you know we're coming for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus! Even uh, I've seen something online that like I didn't didn't really realize this, which also f- fool like fool on me. Is that the term? Shame, uh, uh, what? Shame on me. Like, not even, like, fool of me for not realizing yeah. that with the whole Ryan Tuberty and RTE scandal, that massive amount of people are just not paying the TV license now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a huge amount of people aren't doing it. Um, probably. Yeah. You, no, should you? Shouldn't pay a TV license to begin with, anyway, yeah. but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever with that. I've always wanted to know, like, what did, like, what's the build of the TV license person, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is he threatening? Is he threatening? Is, I feel like is he, it a he? I feel like they have to be. I feel like they're going to have to be slightly threatening because they are coming into your home. But you don't have to let them in your home. So they have to be like welcoming, welcoming enough that you'd allow them to come in. So you know. <laughs> then, well, they go, then they show up. Like, then they're like one of those, uh, sorry, yeah. you need, like, I'm not in you. It's like, why do you feel like we, we, can't, we can't come in? You know, you know, yeah, you, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like they try and get you that way. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. like, yeah. Uh, like a film that I was talking about, I'll talk about it in a bit. But there's a scene in it where uh, someone's getting investigated by like um, the IRS, where the fuck it is, uh-huh. and uh, the person's just like, "Oh, uh, do I need my lawyer?" And they're like, "Do you feel like you need your lawyer?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's how they always get you." You know, the fuzz. The fuzz is like, no, but I feel like I, d- I feel like I should. I haven't done anything illegal, but you know, I feel like it's important to have a. My representation with me. Yeah. Bitch. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lawyer for fucking everything. <laughs> for everything. Yeah. I'm there when I'm making my McDonald's orders. Fucking <laughs> uh, the TV license inspectors at the doors. I'm going to wait for my lawyer. Yeah. Do I need my lawyer here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. But the movie I, b- I watched <clears throat> was uh, Blackberry. The new uh, Matt Johnson. 
please. That's his name. That is his name. Matt Johnson. He was the guy that directed The Dirties and Operation Avalanche. Yes. What the fuck are they? I talked about them on the podcast before. The Dirties was the, like... Uh, oh, the school shooting thing. The school shooting yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And that. then Operation Avalanche was the one about people faking the moon landing. And there's a found footage film ah, about that. Ah, okay. I didn't um, remember the title, yeah. But I remember you talking about that. Yeah, so this is his third film. And this is not shot like the other ones. Like, this is not like a found footage film. It's still shot like handheld. Um... There's a little bit of like shaky cam and stuff like that. Mm. It has Glenn Harrington from uh, It's Always Sunny. And it has, you know, the actor. He is, he's the guy in Tropic Thunder who's like the the kind of nerdy guy out of the bunch. Ah, Jay Baruchel. Yeah, is that his name? Uh, he's in The Sorcerer's Apprentice and he's the voice of your man in How to Train Your Dragon, the main he, character. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also in it. <clears throat> and also Matt Johnson, who plays uh, that guy's friend. And it's about um, the like the rise and fall of the Blackberry. Because, like, I think that's such an interesting, you know, uh, case study, I guess. Because, like, everyone had Blackberries. And I was kind of like, whatever happened to Blackberries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, iPhones happened. That's what fucking killed the BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, because in my head I was like, yeah, people had iPhones and Blackberries at the same time, and they did. But like, it was like a one-year window, wasn't it? Yeah, like yeah. as soon as the iPhone came out, like BlackBerry basically fucking died. Um, but like they, they were owned by like one third of the market of smartphones pre-iPhone, and they're like there was you know Nokia, there was Sony, there was Samsung. Mm. One third of those phones was BlackBerry. They were like big. I don't know if they were the biggest, but they were fucking huge. Uh-huh. And what's also interesting is like the tech behind how Blackberries worked, because <clears throat> basically, um, like Blackberries were made by a bunch of nerds essentially who had an idea for this fucking phone <laughs> bro they're proper they are nerds like these are a bunch of nerds a, essentially they were they were a bunch of fucking nerds yeah, yeah and they had like they designed this idea they knew how to make the phone but they needed funding on how to on how to actually build the phone and then glenn harrington's character is like this uh business savvy dude who like for the sake of the film was fired but he had met the two guys who were pitching the idea for the phone and he's like all right i'm gonna go you guys don't know what the fuck you are doing in terms of the world of business so i'm gonna do the business side of things and then you just do the tech side of things mm. so it's like this duo of this like nerdy entrepreneur that is like vaguely like ocd about like how to build this phone mm. and like how the phone should work and stuff like that and then you had Glenn Harrington's character, who is like basically a businessman asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, not neither character is portrayed well. Like, they're both shown for being like flawed and being like assholes for like specific ways and stuff like that. And how the fame and fortune got to the the nerdy businessman's head essentially, um, and that's is in comparison to his best mate who's played by Matt Johnson. Uh, Matt Johnson's character 
Um, is your man's best mate. Also, real life dude. Can't remember any of the characters' names. Don't fucking care. And uh, he uh, he visually stays the same throughout the entire film. Like he's always wearing a headband. He's always wearing like similar kind of clothes as he was at the start of the film. Whereas the main dude, like the guy that you know invented Blackberry, starts off kind of like that, but not quite like that, but becomes more Steve Jobs esque, like yeah. in how he like portrays himself. But there's a really good scene where Glenn Harrington's character hasn't a fucking breeze about how the technical side of things work, and he ends up in front of AT and T, whoever the fuck it is, it's not AT and T, but one of the you know big telecoms company, big telecom company, uh-huh. and he explains to them like, this is what the the BlackBerry will do. It'll be your emails and phone all in one, and that's going to be your your go to device to do every form of communication. And they laugh at him, being like. You don't know what you're talking about. Some people have to take you on a Swiss. Like, our best people have looked at this and it's impossible. You couldn't get like eight people or 20 people to on the same network. And then the nerdy guy comes in after being told, don't speak. And he's like, oh, let me guess. Like, this is how you did it. And they're like, yeah, it is. And he's like, oh, no. See, what you need to do is basically every BlackBerry works as a server by itself. Mm. I don't understand the full technicalities of how this stuff works, yeah. but like the scene you're, that that it's in, you're like when they explain, you're like, "Oh, I can see how that works." Yeah, because it's like you can't connect, like obviously with emails and internet and stuff like that has to be to a server, mm. but eight devices or twelve devices at the time could connect to the server, but instead each BlackBerry was a server that was connecting to like a main hub, and that's how it would work. And the tech people are like, oh, fuck, yeah, why didn't we think about this? And I was like, yeah, we get that pattern on that shit, right? That's our, that's ours now, bitch. Yeah. And uh, just like how then BlackBerry takes off. But like what's super interesting is the bit when the iPhone announcement happens. And Who plays Steve Jobs in this? It's just Steve Jobs. Like they just have, oh, it's just, they just have that playing. They brought him back. Yeah, they brought him back. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking, <laughs> they, they defrosted him. They put him back up. Um, and like the bit where the the main dude is like, no, I invented this industry. Like smartphones started with the BlackBerry, and people t- got Blackberries because there's buttons and there's that feedback, and people like the feedback. Mm. No one's gonna go for this all screen bullshit. To be fair, that's a good point. It is a good point. You know, but like at the time, it definitely would. At the time, like I can see, I can see why you're thinking that. Yeah. But in today's world, like that is laughable. Yeah, <laughs> it, is. it really is. Like iPhones even got rid of the fucking the, the one button that, that you know on the home the home screen button. They even got rid of that. Like, yeah, they don't have any buttons anymore. Yeah. That's why I like my, my Samsung because there's a button on the side for the lock screen. Ah, uh, you're no G. Yeah. Oh yeah, we uh, there's one button on the, the iPhone. Oh, is oh, oh. this is this is about five years old though. I don't know how I don't know how many buttons the iPhones have, bro. They even iPhones got rid of the fucking headphone jacks and shit like that. Like just yeah, no, th- there's none. Yeah, there's none. That's a joke. That's so annoying. Yeah, I had to like spend thirty euro to get an adapter. It's it's just it's blatantly a scam, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the the BlackBerry. What the yeah. fuck happened there? And there's even a the really the, like the bit that's like um. How do I explain? Like, um, <clears throat> ominous, I guess, mm. is the bit where they, when iPhone is about to come out, they're projecting all these numbers. And one of the reasons why they think it's going to fail is because it's like, you can't have, like, how is it going to cost 
so like so little and stuff like that for mm. the AT&T companies and stuff like that and Glenn Harrington's character rings up the other dude and is like I know how they're doing it they're not selling minutes they're gonna sell data and I'm like oh like and that's like it's like a yeah, like on a like bass drop moment yeah but like that's in a bit where like he drops that info to the dude but that's in the bit where they're getting investigated by, by the IRS and stuff like that uh-huh. so like there's not he drops that bomb in like a scene where there's loads of tension and like it's not like dwelled on but as the audience you're just like oh fuck it started back then yeah. and now cause yeah. like when you think about like selling data like that's everywhere nowadays yeah but they're doing it back then as well uh-huh. just like they didn't have the data that they, the extensive data that they have now mm. but it's just like that little nuggets of information is like oh so that's how AT&T and stuff like that were willing to take iPhones because like we're not going to sell you minutes and stuff like that and people's text messages because also with Blackberry everything was encrypted yeah which um it's part of the reason why one of the guys got off from the IRS is because all of his emails and messages were encrypted in the Blackberry so they couldn't get to them um Oh yeah, so he got off. He got off from the he like yeah, they commit yeah. like, they committed fraud and he got off with it because they had no evidence that he actually did it because everything was in BlackBerry and it was in, it was encrypted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say uh, especially the American government probably preferred, you know, the Apple model. Mm. It's like, like full access. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, just let us. So we'll back you as long as you let us, you know, see everything. Mm-hmm. Basically, once we see under the hood, everything's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Famous words. That's kind of cool, the like kind of like uh, retroactively or like a retrospective like building up of you know mechanics that obviously are like part of everyday life now, mm-hmm. but which most people don't understand at all. Like, obviously, I've, I've no breeze or any of that, that stuff works like the servers, the networks, the data towers, like uh, a phones to a server back in what 2000, early 2000s. 2004. Five, six, yeah, how the fuck? What, what does that even mean? <coughs> I when the first iPhone? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's yeah. This is like early, this is like two thousand four, five. Yeah, for that. yeah. It's like how does like that just? It, it, I I don't even know what those words mean to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but it just just sounds like bizarrely low tech, and like so far in the past. But obviously, it's not in the past. Everyone yeah, remembers like Blackberries. It's, it's literally twenty years ago. Like, yeah, yeah. Another like really cool bit is when um. There, a guy comes to him and is like, I'm going to buy your company and we're going to invest it and we're going to move everything offshore into China and stuff like that. And the main dude, played by Jay Baruchel, Jay Baruchel he uh, doesn't want that because it's like, there's too much. We don't want the Blackberry to be part of the noise. We want it to be like, like, there's a bit where he's in at the very side of the film. He's in one of the he's in a in an office and you hear this buzzing noise. And he's like, the buzzing noise is from his uh page or whatever the fuck it is and it's causing this buzz because it was made in china by people that didn't care because they were just mass producing stuff Uh and he's like i don't want blackberry to be like that i want it to be like american made made by people like give a shit Mm. and we can't we can't we literally can't make some uh, some of the parts no like we can't make you know millions of these because there's literally not enough uh storage in the networks for this like the data like just isn't there <clears throat> so there's a bit where a guy comes in and he's like I'm going to buy your company and we're going to shift it off and Glenn Harrington and Jay Pargel are pissed over this one because he's taking his company and two because he wants to ship it off to mm. to China and he insults Glenn Harrington's character so he's like here's what we're going to do we need how do we fix the problem that we can only have 500,000 Blackberries and the issue is that like there's not there's literally not enough 
storage and like in the data. Mm-hmm. So, or the servers even. And so what they have to do is take the best people from Google, from you know Microsoft, from Sony, stuff like that, and get these engineers to help fix the problem. So in order to do that, you need cash. Where do you get the cash? We need to sell as many Blackberries as possible, even though they might not be able to work properly. And Blackberry had a crash for like ah. at one stage. See, the problem with this one as well is like I'm not entirely sure the time frame of how everything lines up. So at one stage, Blackberry had a crash where like essentially a third of their of their users, their phones just weren't working because yeah. they couldn't connect to the to the servers, and then they had to like rejig how the servers were working and quadruple it and stuff like that. Mm. And then it's like, oh, we actually have, we can now take more phones because we fixed the server problem. And it's just like, it's interesting shit like that mm. where like, it's explained to you in very basic terms and like, oh, I can see how that would cause such a problem and how it limited BlackBerry. But once you fix that problem, you could sell more phones. And then the stock market went up, which stopped the hostile takeover. Uh-huh. I'm all about the hostile takeovers now because I'm in succession as yeah, well. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know yeah. this. I've heard this term before. Yeah. You know, Glenn Harrison was was uh, the second choice for Kendall. Do you know what else was his second choice for? What? He was second choice for... Um, oh, Guardians of Gal- Galaxy, main character. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I can what see both. his name? Star? Star-Lord, yeah. Star-Lord, yeah. I can see... I can't really see him in Guardians of Galaxy, to be honest. I can't see... He's that. not goofy I can, enough. I can see him as Kendall. I can see, yeah, he'd be great as Kendall. Like, oh man, you watch this film, like, man, yeah, he, yeah. Like, there's bits where he's like, it's <laughs> a bit where he, where he he comes into the like shitty fucking nerd den where they're like building the phones, and he sets up his office and uh, he's trying to ring the out and it can't connect because someone's on the internet and he just walks in he's like get off the fucking internet <laughs> and it's some fucking dude where playing like world of warcraft or some shit <laughs> and you could i could just see him play glenn harrington or not glenn harrington i could see him playing glenn harrington really well i could see him playing kendall roy really well yeah and we said that like guy that plays yeah kendall, Jer- jeremy strong oh dom like he's just perfect he is a beast he's he is a perfect beast. But I think Glenn Harrison has he has he has the the visuals, you know. I think he though, he looks like that kind of guy. Yeah, but I think he'd be more like Jeremy Strong. strong. I was gonna say Iron, so that's not his name. <laughs> Jeremy Strong plays like sympathetic and like can play like soft yeah, well. True, true. Glenn Harrington plays like vaguely untinged, <laughs> really <laughs> fucking well. Yeah. <laughs> Vaguely untinged, vaguely unhinged. I think. <laughs> but anyway, uh-huh. um, yeah, like he's so good, and everyone's fucking great in the movie. Uh-huh. Would you say it's like one of those Oscar movies? Um, is it that good, or is it is it like is this the kind of film that would have if it came out with like alongside Jobs? Remember all that stuff? Um, and like remember they had like several different films which are just about fucking biopics of like tech gurus. I feel like it feels like it should, but it's got too many like indie sensibilities for it to be like uh, an Oscar bait film yeah 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 you well not an I mean? Oscar bait film no I know what of, you mean like a high quality yeah. prestige like, film it's like oh this is a very important <laughs> story that the world needs to hear no it's not like that ah yeah yeah, yeah like, it isn't like that and it's not even like the performances even lean into that uh-huh. like cause there's like just straight up comedy in the film mm. uh, like cause Matt Johnson's a, he's a bit of a goofy is and uh there's bits where like in the film where like uh Glenn Harrington's getting so frustrated with the with the nerds and like you fully sympathize with him because I you're sitting there watching me like 
and I would kick this fucking dude's head in. That is just so fucking irritating. Like, just cop on. Stop being such a dork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nerds. 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 <laughs> fucking home going show. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds. Oh, man. No, that, 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 sounds, that sounds very cool. Very yeah. interesting. I didn't know your man Matt Johnson had done it. I thought it was just kind of like one of those... I thought it was just yeah. a bit of prestige. I think it's tech. It's biopic. wearing the mask of that, but it isn't. It is kind of like that, but it's not. It's not as like sterile or anything like that as you would think it would be. Uh-huh. I feel like there's two different Steve Jobs films. Isn't there? there's Jobs? There's one with Ashton Kutcher. There's one with Michael Fassbender. Yeah, there's Jobs, and what the fuck is the other one called? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. I, wow. I, I don't know what's called. I, don't know. I think it actually. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look that up. But yeah, like this is uh this is good. Like it's a. It is a it is a good a good old watch it is. Um again, like it's not um you know it isn't a Steve Jobs film. You know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. not one of those films. Um yeah, that's Steve Jobs film. Okay, so there's Jobs, which is the Aston Kutcher one. Uh-huh. And then there's Steve Jobs. Yeah, you're right. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. What? That is I like the the Steve Jobs one. It's just like a, it's like a, it's just a keynote speech. Yeah, it? it's set backstage at three iconic product launches, and ending in 1998 with the unveiling of the iMac. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, like this thing's got a much more larger scope, mm. um, and says more about like you know, phones. <laughs> That's the thing. No one knows how the phones no work. One, no how one knows do, how do these things work? I don't how know. Like. How do they, how do they do it? <laughs> yeah, where's all the data from? Like just basic stuff. Where's sure it going? <laughs> yeah, where's it go? And like where's it stored? And you know what's like I, I read something about like the carbon footprint of say watching Netflix on your phone is like immense. Like the amount of gigabytes you 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 spend or you expand uh, through like an hour of streaming mm. is equivalent to like a car trip or something like that. I read that like two or three years ago. I just ignored it because I was like, I'm not. I don't need. I don't. To, I don't, I don't, I don't need, need this guilt. I don't need to think about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't need this guilt. Like, I don't know if that's true at all, but like, there, obviously, there is some kind of uh, like, you know, like cost benefit yeah. kind of thing. You know, what's the cost? One of the, one of my lectures was just talking to me. I was walking in the hall, and he was saying about there is a real like. I didn't even hear him saying like it is like you know artsy fartsy you know academic type of discussion but what is the most um not renewable responsible mm. responsible way to listen to music is it streaming well if you're listening to streaming you got to think about like the data centers and all that type of stuff if it's uh you know true records records can be recycled but they do wear down and tear so like you will eventually have to replace the record and does that you know stuff like that, yeah, yeah, like yeah. just thinking like thinking about the life, thinking cycle, about yeah. the life cycle and like how you're consuming mm. your media. You also got to think about like the type of wires that you're using if you're using a record player and stuff like that. It's like that's interesting. Like, I don't give a fuck that much. Yeah, but it is yeah, interesting. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. See, I don't care, but like that, it is an interesting thought. It's, it's something it's that an we, interesting thought, thought experiment, I guess. Yeah, and it's something that we will have to care about at some stage. Yeah, know? it's that kind of thing where it's well, like uh, I prefer not to think about that right now. Yeah, I'm too busy right now, fucking <laughs> trying to watch illegal movies online. <laughs> <laughs> I got a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up! I'm on soap today. What do you What do you think is most like um, the most uh, renewable 
what is the word I'm looking for? Sustainable. Sustainable. That's the word. Sustainability. Yeah. That's my that's my area now, man. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. I'm back in college, guys. Sustainable king. I'm a college kid. <laughs> um. Yeah. What is, What do you think is most sustainable website to use to watch illegal movies? Sustainable website. Mm. Uh, to watch a, like a, an illegal streaming. Yeah. Oh, no, is, do you know the answer to this? No, I'm just wondering what you think. I don't know. I don't think there's any. <laughs> is there any difference between? I feel like fftupmovies.com is pretty. <laughs> fftupmovies.com. Well, it's very because they're all low res. And mm, fucking yeah, low, like this. Yeah. You're not. You're not streaming HD 4K and that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. F-tub, you're watching, you're watching that, 240p at most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 site is actually pretty good, but like the, yeah, the standard is fucking terrible. But maybe we don't need. You know, we don't need. You know the standard to be so no. good all the time. I seen I seen the thing about there was a remaster Train Spotting came out recently on Blu-ray or, or uh, Criterion. Yeah, Criterion. Mm. Yeah, and someone was uh, there was like an article online, someone complaining about the color grading on the the remastering. But like, it's not as brown and shit, isn't it? No, it's like it's kind of it's more orangish mm. rather than the film is is kind of like a bit green yeah you know it's kind it's of kind like of sickly a, yeah it has a tinge like it's like yeah sickly green t- like a very light green tinge um and the, this person was complaining about it um but they're saying there's uh, some response to it was saying that it's actually it's the fact that uh we didn't have access to like these like full-scale reproductions of the actual uh original film reels mm. until very very recently like literally in the last like few few years for yeah. most films so like the train spotting that everyone knows isn't necessarily the same train spotting that was cut on the floor um of the editing room yeah when the director signed off on it you know and same with like every other a lot of other films that's like the same thing with um but people no. still enjoyed it you know yeah. regardless of the fact that maybe it wasn't massively high quality yeah yeah it still it's still like obviously an amazing film and a cultural touchstone hugely influential and all that stuff so yeah no because i saw something online about um like you know when you're watching like a like a fucking Charlie Chaplin film or something like that now, especially like all these old black and white films. Yeah, they're born. They're bo- well, born. <laughs> That's the number one problem. But the other problem is uh, there's like grit and shit, and like you can see the scratch marks and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't there when they were showing them. They were like full fucking like you know 35 millimeter as HD as 35 millimeter can be. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they were perfect quality. It's just literal time and wear and tear and the 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 reels and film that we have now aren't what they were back then um and like that is how like you you how you view these films now is not how they looked back then or how they sounded back then or anything like that yeah like yeah. you know think about like you know original scores the films that are just lost yeah and they don't have uh-huh. like uh is it metropolis well, I know that Metropolis has like bits missing, but I'm pretty certain that they don't have the, the original, original score. score. Yeah. They've, like, no idea what that film was meant to sound like. <laughs> it's like a fucking Queen cut of that film. Yeah, isn't it the same with Napoleon as well? Yeah, I think so. They, they don't have the score. It's kind of like a. But like it, it, back then, it wasn't really that that important to, to write down the score, was it? Hold on. Mm, I don't remember, know. I can't or at least to like keep it. Yeah. Safe. Yeah. Sounds was, was one of the same. I was like, listen, the visuals are more important than the sound. <laughs> yeah, to say all these talkies these days ruining cinema, man. Yeah. There was even a... I was watching... Another one was about the VHS scans. Uh-huh. Like, watching... Because people used to say, like, oh, man, watching, you know, movies back then was scarier than watching them now. Mm. Like, like, you know, old it's horror true. films and stuff like that. It's true. It's true. But part of the reason was because... 
Um, if you're watching at home and you're watching a VHS tape, VHS tape is fairly shy quality. Mm. Like it's fuzzy and it's grainy. Scan lines everywhere. And that that distortion and that like uncla- unclarity, oh, we'll go over that word, unclarity adds to the horror because you can't see what you're looking at. Yeah. So your brain fills in the blanks. So like you're watching, you know, the example, it was a H. Bomber guy video. Uh, you take, for example, like Alien is the example that he uses. Um, watching Alien, which is a fairly dark movie, but like you can kind of make out the shapes and stuff like that. And when you're watching that HD, you can see the shapes perfectly. Mm. But back then, you would be like, I don't know. Did I just see something there? Like, what the fuck is that? What is that vague image that I'm after seeing? Mm-hmm. I mean, your brain can kind of play tricks on you when you're watching a VHS because it's not as perfect quality as, as it is now. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes clarity and perfect high definition isn't what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like it gets away from the... Obviously... Or it's kind of like the, the, the older films are more of a... Uh, obviously, they're not, they're not just a prompt for you to like fill in the blanks in your imagination. Mm. But there is that element there where it is it's not as much about your you know your eyes seeing these colors and these shapes it's more about like or just to uh, a little bit more of an extent more about how you're reacting in your head to whatever mm. themes or motifs or whatever feelings or vibes yeah, that the are vibes being, are being communicated through the, like the uh, you know the scenes and the, the story um like the, the focus on qualities maybe it's just unnecessary yeah. especially because like, like there's so many examples of the like the you go into netflix you can pick any any netflix original film and the quality is insane it's really really good you can mm-hmm. watch an ak stuff like that they're all dog shit like yeah, they're no, all no. terrible it doesn't matter if it's good like the quality like, it, this is the best image i've ever seen yeah looks it's still shit <laughs> like it doesn't matter how good the image is if it's not like getting the gears going in the the old mm. noggin yeah the noggin is, per- is important otherwise you're just drawing out your eyes like yeah that's all it is um yeah, let's see. So, yeah. There's a whole thing as well with, like, video games. Like, you ever see that thing about, like, CRT scans and stuff like that? Yeah, CRT yeah. monitors. Mm-hmm. They're back in craze now because, like, pixel art back then doesn't look like how you play pixel art now. Why? Because CRT monitors and screens would kind of, like, blur the image slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the pixels weren't perfect pixels. And it actually they looked more realistic. Yeah, because it was blurring. It was the effect of it all kind of amalgamating together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas on your perfect fucking, you know, HD screens now, you can see every pixel and they don't look as good. But that's because back then, like one of the examples I I saw was uh, grass in some video game where the grass and the CRT monitor looked... Like, I'm not going to say it looked like grass, but it looked a lot more like grass yeah, yeah, yeah. than it does on a perfect screen where there's no CRT going on. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, how, like, technology, the form and medium that you, like, originally intended for, you know, your fucking, for your media or whatever, uh, changes when things get more definition and higher quality. Yeah, yeah. And they actually end up looking worse on better tech than they did on the worse, more, you know, quote-unquote, inferior tech. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm generally, at this stage, I'm generally opposed to the whole idea of like HD stuff, you know. It's like, unless unless it's like some big, unless you have the TV for it, or it's some great kind of, 
Unless it's spectacle in the cinema. Yeah, like it's actually know? a film that like wants you to watch it in that format. Yeah, like yeah. you know Avatar two or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm like some scrub sitting in my bed, so uh, I can watch fucking Susan Kane and AK on my iPhone. It's like I'm just wasting my time. <laughs> I'm just. Comp- it's like it's just a total waste of human life. What am I doing? To, yeah, to do anything like that, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> it just does not matter at all. Yeah, you're not gonna appreciate it. Or like your small TV or whatever, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, interesting. I don't know. I can't remember how, how we got on at that. But. No idea, but it was an interesting little tangent. <laughs> it fucking filled up 15 minutes <laughs> on, an e- on, on an episode where we have three fil- on, a f- on an episode we have three films to talk about. Because we're deep diving, man. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's a deep dive. Some- S- speaking of horror films. <laughs> I know, I was going to say, taking a deep dive. Sometimes you watch something so shit it makes you reflect on life. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I like it, I like it. Um... You do the intro, bro. Uh, oh. The Exorcist. The Exorcist Believer. Believer. <laughs> the Exorcist Believer is a film by David Gordon Green of Halloween 2018 fame. Uh, it's also written and storied by Danny McBride, <laughs> who is also a partner in that project. Very successful project. Halloween 2018. In my opinion, one of the greatest. Or Well, I'm pro- I can't remember any other ones, but the, for me, the greatest remake, horror remake, or kind of a like, sequel reboot. You know, the best sequel, whatever it was, it was like, the best of that kind. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say like, well, you got like, well, you got the thing, but the thing doesn't count. The thing, the yeah, thing is technically a remake, stop, but like, get the fuck out of there. You know what stop. I mean? Like modern, yeah. modern, like requel. Yeah, things. it's based on the same like iteration. Like, yeah, the thing isn't based on that thing. You know, it's a um, sequel, but also a reboot, but also basically a remake. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was a great film anyway. Exorcist is, is Exorcist believers on the exact same lines, where it, it's like a, it's yeah, par, it's like a what's what's the word they have? It's like a C requel, it's a requel, a requel, yeah, yeah, that's that's the term for it. Um, it's it's not really a remake, but it's a sequel that is intending to reboot the franchise, um, by directly following along from the original, and it is the. It's perfectly in line with everything David Gordon Green has done since Halloween 2018. <laughs> I was like, more in saying that it is dog shit. It like, is terrible. Like when you did that intro, it's like you know from you know Halloween 2018. It's like well, more importantly, he did Halloween Kills and like to a lesser extent Halloween Ends. Halloween it's Ends like, is also terrible. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like he thought it could like, be a good film. He's like, no, nah, forget that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> forget about this. Like, you know what? I've a really good idea <laughs> on how to make a good movie, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, this is um, like I'm not even a huge fan of the OG Exorcist. Like I'm like, yeah, same, same. It's a great film, but I wouldn't be like, yeah. this is such an amazing film. I'm not like you know, this is like fucking you know, top ten greatest horror films of all time. Same, yeah, I wouldn't rank. It I wouldn't, that. I wouldn't rank in that regard. But like you know, it's a fucking classic. You know, it's one of the ah. Uh, before we get on to Hall- or Halloween Exorcist, before we get on to Exorcist Believer, can we do Mount Rushmore of, like, horror classics? Yeah, yeah why not? Because I was going to say, like, like Exorcist, we got the time. Exorcist is, like, you know, Mount Rushmore horror classic film. Like that's one. That's your, that's your fucking. I don't know George Washington. Is George Washington. Mount Rushmore. He's your. That's your George Washington right there. Yeah. Yeah. What else would you have on that list? On horror iconic horror films. Yeah. And well, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, of course. Yeah, that's the first slasher. So yeah. Yeah. 
Um, oh no! Would you, I think you'd have to have Halloween rather than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, I'd, I'd have Halloween, yeah. Nah, nah, you can have one of the. <laughs> no, you can do whatever you want. Well, how many are there on? There's on, four. There's four. Okay, I'd say, I don't know. Um, Norman Bates, Michael Myers, Leatherface, and The Exorcist. I guess Psycho, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't even. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's that's it's what in terms of uh, the canon. The canon. Yeah, I'd say Psycho, but I I don't. I'm Exorcist. Not, I'm not like Psycho. Psycho is the greatest film ever made. Halloween. I need one more. I want to say Texas Chainsaw just because I think Halloween. All right, we'll leave Texas Chainsaw. I just think that Halloween is a more important slasher than Texas Chainsaw. Maybe that's wrong. I think I think the fact that, that it's more of a slasher is is a is a point against it in my opinion. Mm. In terms of horror, it's a better film. Mo. I don't know what else you'd have up there. I wouldn't have Alien. No. Oh no, I wouldn't do that. Um. Shit, maybe there's only three. <laughs> <laughs> there's only three good horror films. <laughs> After all we've done, 125. I just trying to think of like classic horror Wait, films. And you, you started. I was saying I don't even like The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> like The Exorcist. <laughs> you don't like Psycho either. There's only one good horror. Yeah. <laughs> Psycho's a three-star <laughs> film. <laughs> uh, the boards. Get the fuck out of here now. No, no birds on that. Huh? Nah. Women, what? Women, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn on one of those podcasts. Uh. Fucking, I can't think of any other heart. <laughs> no Sferatu. There we go. <laughs> There's another. Fucking <laughs> pull that one out of the bag. <laughs> Dracula's just like, yeah, whatever. It's not as good as No Sferatu. Yeah, No Sferatu, yeah. Most rather would curb stomp Dracula. It's also thinking about the optics, like the visuals of this Mount Rushmore. Like Leatherface isn't a great example. Um, obviously, Alien doesn't work. Um, Norman Bates also isn't great. Nosferatu, even even Freddy. Um, uh, Freddy gets fucking. Freddy's way down. Freddy is uh, terrible, but it's iconic. Freddy is the fourth member of like <laughs> the iconic slasher franchises. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's B list. He's B list on the the C list of horror yeah, yeah. Movie, uh, genres. <laughs> like, um, yeah. But hey, anyway, so uh, for fucking Exorcist. Um, <laughs> that's a weird tangent. But hey, anyway, um, like yeah, I don't even like Exorcist, like OG Exorcist, all that much. This film somehow managed to offend me in terms of how it treated the Exorcist. Like, like ah, uh, it's like Halloween Kills. I think this is worse. I, I mean, in terms of its approach. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I honestly, I don't think it's worse than Halloween Kills. Just because I was so offended. I was. They, remember, we were there for that. You know, that was, was, a, that, that was, was like just, a. That was like I was being stabbed by Michael Myers. Yeah, or like an impersonator. Fucking, like I remember, I remember walking out of that movie and like that was not fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> like at least in this film, I kind of expected it to not be good. Yeah. But like the ways that it treats its franchise, ah, uh, like. I wouldn't even say franchise, just like the OG film. Um, like I got no reverence for that film, and even still, I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> it's like a zombie film. There's there's no zombies in it, but it's resurrecting the dead, a dead franchise. You know that no one really wants, maybe, and I, it desecrating the corpse. Like I forget that there's like multiple Exorcist. Yeah, movies. yeah. Like they were never popular. Everyone, everyone knows the Exorcist. No one knows what the fuck the e- happens in the Exorcist two or three. Apparently, three is decent. 
Is it? Yeah, apparently the Exorcist 3 is like, all right. No one knows. Yeah, No one knows. <laughs> we'll find out, though. No one's ever watched it. We'll, we'll do it. We'll, well do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will, we, I am proposing that the Exorcist be our next franchise review. How many f- films are there? I think there's like four or five. Yeah, let's it's watch not the, It's not too many. I'm, if there's any fucking remakes in the 2000s, I'm not stepping near that. That can go fuck itself. The Exorcist like, 3D. Yeah, like fucking... Is that a thing? Smell-o-rama. <laughs> you can smell smell-o-rama. the puke and piss that she... <laughs> Um. So yeah, the 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 plot of this film is you got Leslie Odom Jr., who is in Haiti with his wife at the start of the movie for some reason. Even uh, what year was it meant to be? What year was that? Twenty ten, twenty eleven. Yeah, twenty eleven. The earthquake wasn't. It? Yeah, yeah. So then Haiti in twenty eleven, and uh, his wife is pregnant. And she gets, like, a blessing or whatever to, like, ward off evil spirits or some shit. And uh, the earthquake happens. And I don't know. Did you find, like, when that happened, I was like, that's a bit, it's a bit distasteful. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, if I, yeah. There's something about that that doesn't feel right with me. It's it's just, it's because everyone remembers that, you know? Yeah. That was pretty, that was huge. And, like, a lot of people died. A lot of people I, died. It only happened, like, just over 10 years ago. Yeah. You know? Like, people... You know, people were made orphans. Pretty gonna watch this film. Like, there's still there's it's a bit grand. still ramifications of that happening today. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd like, be like if they made a fucking, uh, I don't know, like just just kind of just yeah, I don't know, invoking a kind of disaster like that. Um, to pull out your to, heartstrings. This or yeah, for like a uh, like a cheap sequel to yeah. a dead horror franchise it's just it's just a bit much you know it's I don't just know. a bit much it's just it's something about that did not sit right with me um so anyway his wife is dying and they're like you can either choose to save your wife or your unborn child and it fast forwards you know to modern day and teenage girls in the house are like okay so we picked picked the child yeah. um child is you know it does the same thing like the th- the the benefits that I would give this film, I wouldn't even give it fully because what it does is it depicts the you know the dad and the little girl and their relationship together. And it's like you don't get any points for that because that's what everyone touts The Exorcist for doing really well. So you don't get the points for doing that uh-huh. for doing the thing that another film this franchise has done and did better. Um, you know, uh, she goes off with mate in her class one day. And they are trying to speak to the dead, and then they go missing for three days, and then they come back, and ooh, something is up with them. And I mean, the title of the film is The Exorcist. You can kind of guess what happened to them. Yes, they've been exercised. Well, or they sorry, need they need to they, be exercised. They need to be now, yeah. Yes, because they're possessed by Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Yeah. Yeah. Our old friend. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's kind of tiresome. Isn't it just? It's kind of tiresome, the whole thing, the whole operation, because it's like it's con- even it's, that, yeah. It's going, it's yeah, it's just pure going through. It 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 just reminds you so much of Halloween Kills. Just it's going through the motions. It's just kind of. It seems like everything is just set up to get to the next plot point, um, rather than dedicating any time to build a real atmosphere. Anything that would make a decent horror film isn't really there. It's all kind of like. It's it's I could see the pitch for the film, um, and it, it's it sounds it sounds pretty cool, you know. Mm. It's like, uh they're uh, voodoo Haiti, 
Um, you know, it's like Beelzebub, he's back because obviously he's a demon, he's timeless. Um, they reunite with the original family and all this stuff. Oh man, yeah, um, Jesus. To uh, to 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 crush, put put this, expel this demon back to hell. My, it was- and it's a whole family drama. It's about trauma and like so many. It's like, but it incorporates all these other things, not just about Catholicism. Uh, not to be bad, this guy's this sound bad, but this film is not Catholic enough. <laughs> it sounds really bad. But like The Exorcist There's w- is like the most Catholic film. It's just like, oh, it's almost in like an offensive way. It's like these freaks, <laughs> you know, these weird, like this, look at this cult that they're in. They're all Catholics, you know, because it's all very, uh, like, it's just so uh, austere and like foreboding. It's like, you, you can feel like the guilt. Yeah, the Catholic guilt every- is rife in that Yeah, and everything. It's just like the demons are always after us. They're, tr- they're trying to win. They're going to possess you next. You're fucked. Um, and this film, it's like way, it's it's like this like ah, oh, it's just falsely like feels like sterilized. It's like not, it's not even like a secular response to no, yeah, how Catholic even... the 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 Exorcist is. It's just like it feels re- like it tries to double down in it in the most like yeah, it's just really, ironic fucking way possible. It's just so sterile. Like if they had committed to the bit of like Haiti and voodoo and some other like just like kind of a. Make them uh, equivalent to what was happening in the original film. Mm. As in, it's just it's just spirits, demons. Something is is something is happening underneath in a world that we cannot see. Um, like yeah, fair enough. Stick to that. But instead, it's like you know, we got the Hindus, we got we got the boys, we got the we got the preachers, we got the Protestants, we got the Anglicans, oh, we got yeah. the Muslims. It's like it's just. Or it's like all these just like it's like this multi faith ecumenical there's an ecumenical exorcism <laughs> in the film. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like that doesn't make the fucking it, Avengers assembled yeah, to take this demon down. It just doesn't make any sense. Um it just does like it's just so like I like I I wouldn't even say that there's a there's a way they could have made 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 it work. Because there, I think it's just they just kind of went they doubled down, as you said, on something that like it's just it's just a bad idea to begin with. They should have like spread out. See, but they're not all different religions. They're all different strains of Christ. Yeah, of Christianity. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. like I was thinking as well, like weird that you get like voodoo stuff in this. But I was like, oh no, it's actually, it's just like I don't even know what how I don't know what like a form of I'm not gonna say religion, but like you know, expression, I guess. It's 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 Catholicism a separate religion to Protestantism. Americans would say that, yeah. Yeah. So I guess well, whatever. It's like you know the Haitian kind of voodoo infused version yeah, yeah. of Christianity, or whatever. That that'd be a great basis for a film. Yeah, but like this is like, oh my god! Like I'm we're getting the spoilers later on for when we talk about like how it treats certain characters in this film mm. from the OG Exorcist, but like, <laughs> oh, that's a whole fucking separate thing. Um. But like the way that they they go about trying to exercise the demons from the two girls is, and like I jokingly thought like oh it's kind of like the Avengers Assemble, but like there's a scene where like they're getting the team together, and the pastor is um, in the church and he turns around and all the main characters are behind him coming out from the shadows of all the different like the strains <laughs> different strains of this religion <laughs> and it's like oh my god and like they're all there at the end trying to fucking do it and like oh we're just not strong enough what are we gonna do like fucking 
Might as well have been like Stone Cold Steve Austin glass smash <laughs> as the priest storms in and he's like, I got this. Ah, hallelujah, fucking. And starts singing like, you know, chanting fucking prayers yeah, and shit yeah. like that. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like, it's, 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 because the yeah, same way with Halloween Kills is like really it's trying to like shoehorn like some kind of social point into oh the film. Oh my that, god! That it, doesn't, same, it doesn't properly understand. It's at the all. same social point again, though. It's yeah, like people yeah, yeah. need to come together. Yeah. And I was like, man, get a new team. Like, try something else. I know what you're <laughs> trying to say yeah. is about like people need to connect with each other to defeat greater evils and shit like that. Understand what you're saying. Do it better, or just fucking change. Stop going to this team because you're not good at explaining it. Yeah. He has like characters in this film with just long dialogue scenes like in Halloween Kills where they just explain the themes of the movie <laughs> <laughs> uninterrupted it's not even oh fucking hell yeah it's so ham-fisted you know yeah, the, the monologues even uh, like the characters in, in, in The Exorcist and like there's no uh, it's worth pointing out like it's similar to Halloween Kills where like it's it's worth comparing this film to The Exorcist because it deliberately demands to be compared to The Exorcist because it's a sequel, it's a direct sequel. And it's not just, just a shit, se- a shit like you know follow up. It's like it, it it claims to be the successor to The Exorcist. That's why it's yeah. worth mentioning. It. And it even like it calls back to it constantly. Like you have the the medical scene, and this one is a similar medical scene to the OG one. Um, they also do this weird fucking like um, editing choice, and they do like three times in the film where like it's like people to convey tension and like rising anxieties it's just like people talking but like overlaying the audio and like fast cuts and stuff like that they do like three times in this movie and it never looks good or sounds good Uh and oh my god bro the bit at the end where like they're getting the demon out of the girl's body, essentially. I think that is some of the worst visuals I've seen in a modern horror <laughs> film. I'm not I'm not being hyperbolic. There's like awful, awful CGI mm. mixed in with this terrible like fast cut editing where it just and it's like the screen is like warping and like it just looks like shit. Mm. <laughs> it just looks so bad and it's not scary. There's nothing scary about this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's definitely worth pointing out the the huge the chasm, the visual chasm between uh obviously this this film isn't gonna be as like well made as the original film, which is so well regarded. But the original film is... It's David like, Gordon Green is not William Friedkin. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> William William Friedkin's ghost fucking haunted this film. He haunted the, the production of this entire film, it seems. So the original Exorcist is just full of this, like, real foreboding. The characters are, like... You, you feel this sense of impending doom the entire time. And it's not just because of the way it's written or the way it's kind of... Or what the story, or kind of like the tone, or whatever. It's like, it's like the, the way it's shot as oh, well. Yeah. It's like it's very dark. It's just it's like it's just like alleyways and like street lights. Um, for for a lot of the scenes, the it's like blue light in her room and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like the, a lot of the more intense scenes. It's like it's very deliberately shot. It's like it's claustrophobic. It's, you can't really see uh, what's going on beyond like the the immediate. What's being brought to your immediate attention? Um, it's it's like mysterious and it feels creepy, and the characters feel. You feel like the characters are in danger, and you feel like the characters are like you know being trod on. Mm. That like this is like they're dealing with things that they can't 
cope with and that they won't be able to defeat mm-hmm. you know and, you know as much as they try and this film it's like the characters are just kind of like like these american like it's like the, this american bravado it's kind of yeah, like yeah. It's a, i think it's a uniquely american thing where they're just like they seem like they're just spitting in the face of the whole thing. It's like we can, like, like kind of like we can do this. We can kind do of this. like let's get together. We're Americans. Yeah, we can make this happen. Obviously, the original film is American as well, but this one's just so so weirdly. It's the same kind of um, feeling that was in Halloween Kills. It's like if we just come together, we we can do anything. You know, even even overcome uh, the devil, <laughs> the the devil himself. <laughs> it's like is that kind of not like uh, I don't know. Is that a bit? That's kind of a uh, heretical, mm. one could say, um, or maybe the reverse. I don't know. Heretical within the, the the span of the Exorcist lore, at least. And the film itself is just shot like shit. It just doesn't look nice at all. No. As you say, like the the scenes where you have what's her name, uh, Angela, mm-hmm. and it's like the the version of Regan in oh, in this yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like possessed, and her mate Catherine, I think is is her name. Uh, or they're they're possessed, and like <clears throat> they're chatting back. Back and forth between whoever's like trying to reason with them or or talk them down or trying to figure out what's going on, and it's just like the dialogue is just really stilted and it feels like like slightly quippy for some reason. Yeah. Um, and they had the lighting and just like the the angles and stuff. It 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 doesn't it doesn't feel like it has a the film has like a, an identity in, uh, in itself at all. Mm-hmm. Even though it it, it has it, its own blueprint mapped out. Yeah. Like forty years ago. 50 years ago. Yeah. By, you know, one of the greatest films ever made. Like, just stick to that kind of basic blueprint. Instead, it looks like any other horror film. Yeah. It's just like a see. modern horror film. Yeah, like any any other horror film. It's just, it just has the name and a few of the characters from the original. Yeah. Yeah. So, Catherine Burstein? Burstein? She's in this movie. She's the, the mom from the OG yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She comes back into this film. This is working into spoilers for what happens in specific scenes in this movie. So she comes back into this film because they're like, right, we need someone that has dealt with this before. And in the meantime, like between the two films, uh, what what's the character's name? Um, uh, Regan. Chris? No. Chris. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The mom. The mom. Yeah, yeah the yeah. mom. Yeah, Chris. She is. Um, she has written a book about what happened to. Regan in the OG film and got like rich and famous from it and Regan has like you know no contact with her from that because she's really upset um so they go to her and she's like <laughs> let me try to talk to this demon <laughs> <laughs> let me rolls up the sleeves yeah. uh, let me handle this I got this even though like from her point of view like two men died in that house that night yeah, trying yeah. to perform that exorcism I know what I'm doing here. I've never... I didn't actually talk to Regan or like, you know... I wasn't in the room, but... I wasn't in the room or anything like that. But like, I'm sure I can do this. Walks into the room and I genuinely thought that when the when the demon stands up and stabs Chris in the eyes, I genuinely thought, oh, this is like... This isn't real. Like, she's mm. like imagining this because there's no fucking way. There's no way that you would treat the source material this badly. There's no way you do that. Uh, no. She does get stabbed in the eyes yeah. and she's now blinded and she's now out of the movie and they cart her off and she's just <laughs> let like fucking Laurie. There's a lot of comparisons in this film I feel like to Halloween Kills. Carted off like Laurie in Halloween Kills and is just left in a fucking hospital bed for the rest of the film. Oh yeah, she's coming back, yeah. 
What? She's coming back, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is a trilogy. The the blind seer is like, I can speak to the spirits now that I've lost my sight or something. Something like that will happen. Now that I can't see with my eyes, I can truly see with my spirit. Yeah. Didn't Mm. you predicted? Wasn't it like the start? Like the some aspect of like Halloween ends, wasn't it? You were like, this is gonna happen. I think I did. I can't remember what it was though. You just like call it like dead, like spot on. This is probably the same thing. We'll be able to call it. That's yeah, def- that, that that will happen. Yeah, because I, I, I can't see how they're going to make a trilogy out of this. They need the, the other. Like surely, there's like unless like Leslie Odom Jr. or something that's going to be in this trilogy for some reason. Um, but like she gets stabbed in the eyes and she's left separately, and like she is. I'm like, what was the point of that character being in this movie? Like, <laughs> literally, what was the point of her? She did nothing. She just got creamed by Beelzebub again. Yeah, again. <laughs> Um, like I know that like Ellen Ellen uh, Burstyn was uh, she got paid lots for this movie and like really like you know famously she's just like all the money that she made from this movie she is using to set up a, uh, a school of acting for like uh, child actors great that's a good reason to do it good for her but fucking hell like that doesn't separate from the fact that like Jesus that was absolutely pointless like like it's great that she's doing that with the money. But if she wasn't doing that for money, you'd be like, oh, what a absolute like waste of money to Sell do that. Oh, yeah. Sell out. And then Reagan is at the end of this movie in this, again, this ending monologue where someone's just describing the themes of this movie again and saying, oh, people come together and we can do whatever we want. You know, we can overcome anything. And then Reagan walks into her mom and I'm like, what is the, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I, yeah, that was... Like I actually found that offensive, and I don't even, I don't even like The Exorcist, and that was offensive to me. <laughs> yeah, like so tacked on, like so, like w- why, you know? Why? Like it, it, it is. It's just it's a a series of like sequences just kind of stitched together, um, and like that's like as we're saying, she will come back. The man will come back. She will be back. I can't or see at the very least, the daughter will be back. I can't see how this could be a trilogy unless you used... Like, who else in the from the main cast of characters is going to be in the rest of them? Like, I don't, They're all I, dead, Because yeah. at least like the first Halloween, you know, Halloween 2018, like, I can see... Oh, yeah, I can see where you're going. Mm. I said that Halloween kills, but that second film was like, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with the third film. And lo and behold, third film completely fucking might as well not be related to the other two. Um... I don't know how the second installment could play out outside of she's now blind and she's going around and dealing with her exorcism. We don't have that. Like, why would you do that? Like, why? <laughs> like, that's two times now you've come into contact with these demons and they've fucked you up both times. Yeah, you lost both times. Yeah. <laughs> like Rocky in the fucking like, third round. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> it's about respect. It's about respect. It's about... When life hits you, you gotta keep moving forward. Sylvester <laughs> <laughs> Stallone. I really hope that in third <laughs> film, she just gives that speech to Reagan, being like, "You gotta make it yourself." Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, not good. Yeah, it's a bit of a dud. A ghoulish film, one might say. Ghoulish, yeah. Demonic. I, I think it's weird that this film. I actually, I do think this film is worse than Halloween Kills, even though I think that Halloween Kills. Maybe it's that I expected this movie to be bad, and it's, it was somehow worse than I thought it was going to be. But then Halloween Kills, I had high hopes for, and then it just turned out to be shit. Yeah. But, I don't know. Something about this movie just completely rubbed me the wrong way. I think it's the fact that it's got to do with the religion stuff. I mean, that's just what it is. It's more 
like oh, fuck off don't make this point with religion yeah, as well yeah, out of yeah. all things I don't think religion is the thing that's gonna bring people together <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's like yeah like the whole concept is about a demon like a biblical demon it's like we need to cast aside our you know our, our secular our sec uh, it's not even yeah they're not even like religious our differences sch- schismic yeah differences. Our, our schismatic differences unite as one Christian nation take down this evil force it's like just spare us all that fucking bollocks yeah evangelist bollocks just get on with the movie make it make make it scary make it interesting yeah develop it in your own way it's number they one failed. yeah they failed to do that they had so much to work with they had a blank canvas did fuck all with it the, the Haiti thing like the, the start start of the film is the best part of this film and yeah. it's not good yeah, it's, it's, it's not still good. terrible like. yeah but like just the, the premise like the pitch I can see the pitch and it's good mm. you know the Haiti voodoo you know it's, a, it's similar with the first one where like it starts out like the desert mm. and you have like the the ancient Egyptian like monument to Baal. I think they're in Iraq. Yeah, yeah, in Iraq. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like Afghanistan, I think. It's I like, it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. Obviously, like that's not like a a Christian religion. So like, there's something happening you know what's going below on the surface. So who gives a fuck about like Christianity or like the different sects? Oh, it should yeah. be about like mysticism in general and like what's some other world, the supernatural, like the actual paranormal. Yeah, you just reminded me as well that like, the big twist in the film is that. Leslie Owens Jr.'s character didn't he actually didn't pick his daughter he chose to save his wife but they couldn't save his wife so they saved his daughter he's like Job yeah oh no 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 yeah no 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 so he's punished yeah do you want to hear what the best part of this film was I had nothing the to end. do with the movie I had nothing to do with the movie I was sitting there with Melissa watching this in the cinema and uh, I reach over to get the popcorn just like stop handing a popcorn so I'm already paying attention to what's going on on the screen and I like take out the popcorn and start like you know I put the first piece into my mouth and a, a jump scare happens and Melissa was holding the bag in a way that I could that I could like put my hand in and when <laughs> when the jump scare happened she literally throws the popcorn into the air and has to dive across me to catch it before it hits the ground <laughs> and like the people behind us started there was nobody in the cinema there was like fucking there was eight people in the cinema this is uh, the galactic screen up in uh, uh up in sound street so like eight people in a fucking like you know 60 person fucking cinema screen or something like that two people sitting behind us start pissing themselves laughing <laughs> over at her I'm fucking dying laughing I can't get my shit together for the rest of this movie because of what happened <laughs> oh yeah also jump scares galore and shit like that like I'm just tired any, any good ones no any good what like jump scares no no in general or in this movie no yeah in, in this movie yeah. in this movie god no there are good jump scares yeah there's good jump yeah, scares yeah. but just not in this movie yeah. yeah I did like the visual of the the little girl when they realized that when they're like choose me don't choose me that who you're choosing isn't actually to save it's who's gonna get condemned and dragged to hell Uh i liked that visual of the little girl like you know her spirit waking up somewhere and then she just gets fucking yeeted into the water (laughs) and pulled down to hell i was like ah that's fucked up that's a good image yeah but it's it's so the ending is so cruel oh yeah i just kind of like ah you know yeah, it's just like it's that. Kind of like <laughs> <laughs> we move, <laughs> we we ball. <laughs> I was like, what? I was it's like, it's just got dragged to hell. I was a bit like that was really weirdly cruel for this movie. Yeah, like, even yeah. though I had a scene where an old woman got blinded, that was weirdly cruel. <laughs> yeah, like it just kind of it, yeah, it, just, it seemed so out of uh, like off tone. Mm. 
even yeah. though even though the priest got his head snapped, that's still like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Read, read mm. the old Bible. Yeah, we go for a break. Let's do it. I know for our film of the week, our recommended film of the week, Jacob's Ladder by Adrian Line. I've changed my pronunciation of his name. So, Jacob's Ladder, a 1990 film. Um, after returning home from the Vietnam War, veteran Jacob Singer struggles to maintain his sanity. Plagued by hallucinations and flashbacks, Singer rapidly falls apart as the world and people around him morph and twist into disturbing images. His girlfriend, Jesse, and ex-wife, Sarah, try to help, but to little avail. Even Singer's chiropractor friend, Louis, or Lewis, uh, fails to reach him as he descends into madness. I'm also going to ask you, how did you pronounce his ex-wife's name? Uh, Sarah. Her Sarah? Na- her name is Sarah. It's because I, I, I work with too many uh, Croatians called Sarah. <laughs> oh, so I was like, what? Sarah? Never- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so we talked... We haven't talked about... This is the one time where we have not talked about our opinions of the recommended film before yeah, we started the podcast. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so these are going to be our live reactions, live not knowing what the other person thought. Reaction. We're too busy talking about how shit the exodus was. Um, so I think you said this as well, that this has been on like your watch list. For, for like, years. Yeah. Years. I've had this on my watch list as well for years. Um, I think because I saw the scene of the party in this movie, where like he Very starts intense. freaking out mm. and he's seeing like like monsters and stuff like that. I was like, oh, that looks sick. That's the kind of Cronenberg esque film. That sounds that sounds good, like a kind of like body horror film. Mm. Um, that is like kind of what this movie is, but it's not really. It's really yeah. It's not. It's described variously as like a psychological horror film. Like as a horror film in general, I don't. I'm not sure if that really applies, but like I don't. Also, don't know what else. Yeah, what a genre would you put it as? as? Like, there's parts towards the end of the film where I'm kind of getting vibes of like one of those Lifetime movies about. Uh, that was just the headphones over that. Ah, uh, no, it's like one of those like Christian movies where people find God and stuff. You know, like it kind of has that a bit of that. Yeah, that feel. Um, like, at the same time, it's like, it's like a Vietnam film, but the Vietnam stuff isn't really relevant. Until, it's also, it, until it really is at the end. <laughs> until it really is, yeah. Um, and then there's the kind of paranoid thriller. It's definitely more of a paranoid thriller than anything else, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I, I think I'm in agreement with you there. Mm. Like, to me, there's like horror aspects to this film. Mm. But a lot of it is... More so a paranoid thriller, as you said. Even like, because uh, what I had heard about the film is, oh, it's a guy dealing with PTSD from Vietnam. And then that's why he's seeing, you know, all these monsters and stuff like that. And like, I think we kind of, I don't know where I sit on this film. Like, because part of it, like, it is like a good movie, but I wish, I wish it was more focused in what it was if that makes sense because at one stage it's about you know it's a guy dealing with ptsd then it's about um no there was psychological drugs being used on on people in vietnam and that's what it's about no then it's about religion 
And then at the end, you know, obviously spoilers because it's a recommended film. It's revealed that this is all a death dream. Yeah. And at the end, I'm kind of like, oh, like out of everything that this film could have been, I feel like it went for like the least interesting choice to be its like final decision of what this is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of along the same, like similar lines. I just wish it was a bit more, uh, came down more on one end. Like kind of committed to a single, I don't know, maybe it's just me being lazy, but like committed to a single reading of the film rather than, like it's, it seems like it's kind of, you're kind of second guessing yourself. In, yeah. Not, not necessarily in a good way for a lot of the film, but like each like constituent part is is definitely interesting and it's like the visuals are very compelling and the story is interesting but it, it, it's like a it's weird well acted and it's well shot yeah yeah like it's a good film it, it's just it's a weird mishmash of uh of different different genres it's like an and like a the re- it's like it's a wonderful life uh if it was evil you know it's like the reverse <laughs> yeah it's like, the rev- like that was the kind of feel i got at the end of the film where he like uh he meets his son who's died and they walk like the the title of the film jacob's ladder is a reference to a, a biblical um, a biblical story about some guy called Jacob. It's from the the Old Testament, I think. It's yeah, you had a dream of a ladder that goes up to heaven. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. whole thing is like the stairway to heaven is not as it's not that straightforward. Yeah, yeah. The, like the film is extremely depressing, um, and and that's what I mean by the the comparison to It's a Wonderful Life. It's a very depressing film. Like what I took from it in the end, and I don't even think it's a complete reading because there's parts of. Uh, why is there all this <laughs> external noise coming out? <laughs> <laughs> We're falling apart. Um, but, like, there's a lot of things that happen in the film that, like, aren't accounted for, like, in terms of how... I'd say, I, I was more, there's more impression made on me that by the end of the film in terms of the the message seems to be that, like, it's a very, like, Old Testament, fire and brimstone, God as kind of, like, this disciplinarian, like, slave driver, or, like, you know... Uh, you know, leading the Mo- Moses leading the the Israelites out of the desert, and they've mm. all been suffering for so long. It's like that kind of thing where it's like life is just is like this horrible like suffering and like this dream. Um, but the end of it is like this kind of salvation. Yeah, like it is. It's a positive ending, but the whole thing is basically like this guy is is living hell. Like like the the whole thing is for up until the end of the film, Jacob Ladder seems to almost be. Even the description of it, in terms of like the the, the reference is a kind of, the the title is kind of like a double reference to obviously the biblical story, but also within the film, he's a Vietnam vet who came back, um, within obviously the frame of the story, uh, who came back to the U.S. and he's suffering with PTSD from everything that happened. He was bayoneted uh, during an offensive, uh, but he does remember and he's getting like flashbacks uh, and all these things, and he finds out that there was some kind of tests being conducted on his unit in Vietnam, uh, where the U.S. military were uh, shipping scientists over to Vietnam to experiment uh, on their troops and synthesize drugs that would uh, create a, a, a state of berserk, berserkerism, basically, like mm-hmm. like like full fully aggressive rage to maximize casualties on the, the opposite side, um, and that it backfired. But the description of the way that the drug works is it's like a ladder. Yeah, and they call it a ladder. Is it like a ladder? And the way the guy who's kind of informing him about all this stuff describes it 
is it's like a ladder straight down. So obviously in the biblical story, it's a ladder up. Um, in, in the movie, it's a ladder straight down, down into hell. Uh, so basically, uh, Jake, who's the main character in the story, is living in hell. He's in purgatory or something. He's, yeah, he's in some kind of purgatory. And his life basically was hell as well. Mm. It was suffering um, up until the very end. And he only finds salvation after he accepts that he's dead and releases all his attachments to the to the earthly world. Yeah. Which is so so dark, you know? It's such like a like it's like a that's the horror in it, I think. Like obviously yeah. the visuals and the effects and all that stuff, they're they're pretty horrific as well. Um and it's unusual for like just a thriller film to have all those those added components to the film. Um but it's like the message kind of like how downbeat it is. But that's mm. that is kind of the a lot of that's kind of the the base for a lot of the religious kind of a lot of the stuff in the Old Testament as well. Yeah, yeah. At least anyway. A lot of Old Testament is a lot of suffering. Like Jesus, the whole thing. Like remember we, yeah. we did uh, Last Temptation of Christ. It's just about Jesus was just had a just like the whole, the whole point of Christianity is it had a, such a horrible life <laughs> so that we ha- were able to live better lives and that it all gets better once you die. It's like it's kind of oh Jesus, that's a bit life that's a bit suffering dark. and then you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a lot obviously it's a lot worse when you don't dress it up in like all the pageantry and like the the communal aspect of religion. Like this this, this is just a film where this guy is just having a bad time. Just not having a good time. And then he has a good time when he dies. Yeah. It's like Yeah, I don't know. If like for me it was like I feel like the last act of this film is the film going like it's this. No, actually it's this. No, it's this. Actually, it's this, and then that final this is what it, yeah, it ends what it settles on. on, yeah, what it settles on. And I don't know, like for me, it's like it is a film that it is like a film about PTSD, and then it is about like, like for me, I was like, oh, so the drug thing was, you know, him just imagining it in his death dream. But then at the end, it has that title card at the end saying like, we don't know whether or not these drugs were actually used. Yeah, yeah. I was they- like, so is that? Was that real? Like, is that aspect of the film? Like, which, like, what do you want me to set settle on as the, the final thing of this movie? Like, mm. it was it, or was it just a combination of all of it? Was it a combination of his PTSD, his drug, you know, infused rage? Uh, he's also in purgatory because then he finally accepts death, and then at the end, it's like it is a death dream, but it's it's all it's everything in one. Which for me, I'm like. I like you could have picked one. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. could have picked one of those things and really uh-huh. went with it. And out of those things, I think the experimental drug use is maybe the least interesting. And that's the thing that the film ends on a title card for. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I yeah, don't know yeah, about that. Right, yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's the least interesting for like a horror movie because I feel like with horror films, obviously you can do like societal horrors and stuff like that, but there's not. It's not that interesting to have a horror film about like experimental drug use after the fact that it's happened. Mm. Like you know, like climax or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Where you can uh. see the drug use and the horrors is from what's what you're seeing on screen. It's not like less horrifying to hear about the fact that like oh, it's your it was it was your own men killing you and like oh god, like you know they butchered each other and they like, I couldn't believe that men could do that to other men. Ah. Uh. It's not as scary hearing that as it would be to feel the intensity and horror of seeing that. I feel like, you know, mm. I don't know. Um, even like just like the, 
because like most of the film is like his PTSD. I feel like that's what the film is really leaning you on to believe that that's what it is. And it is that. Again, like it is all these things in but one. It's not even PTSD because he dies during the middle of the drama. Yeah. So post. Yeah. You know, it's like it's just him coming to terms with something awful that happened. Yeah. But I'm also talking about like in his, yeah, when yeah. you're watching it for yeah, the first as, time. As you're watching it. As yeah, you're watching yeah. it, it's a film about PTSD. Yeah. Um, but, but that kind of, like, kind of undermines the points. Like it's not even like. You know. Yeah, it's not actually about... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like, it is yeah. about that, but it's not... Like, for the character, it isn't really that. It's yeah, like Because yeah. then you could just chop up, like, well, it wasn't PTSD. It was the fact that he was dying and, you know. um, Yeah. Because I thought that was, like... Like, it was interesting, but, like, I feel like there could have been more horrifying imagery in the film. I mean, he said that there is the party scene, which is... Awful! Oh, that is horrible, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> horrible to watch. Um, where like his girlfriend, who's a bitch, she's a bitch. Desi, yeah, she's she's useless. <laughs> she, I feel she, like she's not supportive at all. Like this guy is clearly struggling. She's like, you have to stop crying. I've had enough of crazies. <laughs> if you go crazy, I'm leaving you. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if you have a, like, you know, you probably had crazy, but I don't know if you had like, you know, psycho induced PTSD crazy. Yeah, this guy was in Nam, you know. He's seen things, man. Yeah, he's seen awful things, man. He, he got bayoneted. Yeah. She's, she's like, stop crying. <laughs> Get the fuck over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and even like there's the 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 horror that he experienced because while he is in Vietnam, his child at home, played by Macaulay Culkin, uh, is hit by a car and died. And yeah, like that, that like obviously that is relevant, but I don't know, I just feel like there's a lot going on in this movie mm. where like I feel like you could have stripped out some parts of it and it would be I don't know, more interesting, but I feel like more impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the end of the film, I feel like I'm watching a film figuring itself out as to what it wants That's to be. That's a good be. way to put it, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um But everything before that's pretty good. Yeah, no, it just gets it's 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 kind of confusing. Um, and a lot of it, it is just very downbeat as well. And there's there's a there's like frequent visual references to Camus, like yeah. the stranger. Like he wakes up, like the, when he first wakes up after having been after you, you see him being bayoneted by somebody, um, or whatever. And then he wakes up in his apartment in New York, and it's like 19- no, he wakes up and he's in the subway. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the subway and he's missed a stop and it's 1975 and he has uh, The Stranger. He's reading that and he's falling asleep reading it and then it comes up again later Same, in the film. bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's only like 100 pages. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> But uh, obviously that's all about like, you know, creating meaning through the uh, absurd like, or like, you know, the, the meaninglessness of life. Uh, you know, you can find your own meaning through that. Um, but like, I feel like that kind of in itself undermines a lot of what happens in the because like you have obviously the drug experimentation the ptsd the horrible things happen to his kid horrible things that happen to him um and it all seems to be leading somewhere but at the same time if you go back and like pick through it and you have these weird these references to like um you know create your own meat like nihilism mm. um it's kind of like uh is that not kind of that's not really the point of the like whole the, biblical yeah, angle that's say, coming yeah, for. Yeah, that like it full on ends in a biblical message. Like, it's not like kind of counteract everything else the film's been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's all like all life is suffering. You have to find meaning through the suffering. Like this guy has been subject to all these horrible things, and he had 
such a such a a traumatic end to his life in the last few years and the death dream is him coming to terms with that and processing that and trying to overcome it and it's kind of like it's it's not really that it it doesn't really contradict it but it's just it's a weird kind of combination of of messages yeah you know it's like is he is it the biblical thing where it's like you'll find eternal salvation now that you've you've uh, accepted your death yeah it's like a, it's like a weird uh like uh i don't know combination like a symbiosis of the two things which i just i don't know i didn't I, like the, just the fact that, that that's in the film just kind of seems like it didn't really need to be there yeah. especially if they're going for the whole like there, there is such a heavy biblical kind of element to the film uh, which is strange for a horror film as well uh, but yeah it, it's quite a confused film uh, it, as you say it's, it's it's like figuring itself out the entire way through and you can read into it nearly too much yeah and have an argument for any of them like yeah. any, of, any of your readings which yeah. I don't I don't like maybe that's maybe that's my problem maybe I'm the problem the film is is uh, just doing its thing I shouldn't be like oh this film should have done that instead of reading what the, the film actually is but the film as it actually is is just kind of it's like it's, it's got it's, 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 it's spinning too many plates at once yeah, if you ask me, I think I, I think I'm a, I'm in agreement with that. Yeah, um, just stick with the drug testing thing, or stick with the Bible thing, or you know, or stick with the PTSD thing, or you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I also wish there was more monsters in the movie. Cause yeah, that was the whole it's, it's it's not really it's not really like a it's not a horror film. Like there there are monsters in the film, but they come up like every ten minutes for there's like the middle like the 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 second act. Yeah, and then that's kind of. And a little bit at the end, but, like, that's it. Yeah, I kind of wish I did some more, like, f- fucked up looking faces and stuff like that. That like, yeah, because, like, that's what I found, like, most scary in the film. Was this, is the idea of, like, this guy seeing monsters everywhere. But then when he digs into it, it's like, man, something happened to Nam, why? And then I, I actually started to lose interest when, like, he's talking to one of his mates... And his mate is like, uh, no, I'm seeing them too. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. What? And then it's like, then he dies in a car exploding. And then it turns into this uh, conspiracy theory thing. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't find this mad interesting. I was like, I don't, I don't know. A horror film, being a horror film and then being like, oh no, it's actually underground secret CIA experiments yeah, it's yeah. causing this I'm like oh that's not like I don't know I don't really and it kind of it focuses on that for quite a bit and that's just a kind of a red herring for somewhere else we're going completely different which is the biblical stuff Um, yeah it's like a, each act kind of has its own subtext for what's going on but like the subtext isn't really subtext because it's it's just text <laughs> like it's just telling you this is what it is for each stage in the movie, um, I would have preferred more monsters. I would have preferred more like fucked up visuals. I would have preferred more, more. And like, it is kind of stupid to say this because it is a film about essentially a character like losing their mind. But I wish there was more of the character losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah, yeah. like one of the things that I read of it in this film. It's on the Wikipedia page. Was that this film heavily inspired um, the so- Silent, Silent Hill, Hill the yeah. Silent Hill franchise? Yeah, I didn't really get that. Right, because like less so 
the first one, I believe. I haven't really... I played a bit of the first one, not much. I'm actually playing it at the moment, which is funny that we actually ended up watching this film. Um, but like, the, like Silent Hill, especially in the second Silent Hill film, or Silent Hill film, Silent Hill game, second Silent Hill game is you're playing as this character who has done something horrible and then he goes to a town and the town is reflecting that horror back at him mm-hmm. and he has to deal with what he has done and the the monsters are like visual metaphors for his own fucked up head so for example like he goes to the hospital and in the hospital the nurses are like like they're wearing like ripped up skirts and they got like big tits and shit like that and it's got to do with the fact that his wife was dying and he is like the way that he how do I explain this the way that he wanted to have sex with her and like sexualized her as his wife while in that in conflict with the fact that she's dying yeah yeah and like that's the horror that you're seeing playing out in the nurses mm. so I went into this film thinking that and that's not what the monsters are. The monsters are just kind of ghoulish creatures that are just kind of there when you see them. They're not like reflecting some, you know, deeper inner trauma. That They're not metaphors for something. Yeah, yeah. The metaphor is that he's suffering from PTSD rather than, you know, if you saw a little kid, like one of the monsters looking like a little kid and, you know, that reflecting the horror of his child dying. I would have hated it if that happened. Well, I hated but, that but happened yeah, as well, but you know, that kind of idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, something along those type of lines, uh-huh. uh, that's definitely Silent Hill 2, but Silent Hill 3 is something different again, where it's about cults and, you know, whatever, um, there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of, Silent Hill 3 is really cool as well, because there's a lot of, like, menstrual stuff going on, because it's about a young girl fighting for control of her body, while the figures around her are trying to take control of her body, mm. and the monsters are vague reflections of administration and stuff like that yeah 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 um so i like you know stuff like that would have been cool Silent Hill one isn't like that but like Silent Hill two and three are definitely play off that idea so i thought that that's what it was but i think the inspiration that Silent Hill took from it is wouldn't it be fucked up if people turned into monsters <laughs> um uh yeah so i was kind of disappointed in that aspect of the film because mm. i thought i think it's not the film's fault that like another you know piece of media took some ideas and like expanded on them because that those ideas are there they're just not as done well as they were in later iterations of the idea um so even that i was like there's not the monsters don't really mean anything that much it's just the fact that he's seen the monsters means something yeah yeah like they mean they do mean something in the context when, when they they go to the the quote about you think you're in hell um, when the demon something about yeah like the demons are coming after you and attacking you and it's only once you uh, like they're tearing away all your attachments to the earthly world it's only once all, only once all those attachments are gone that you accept that the demons are actually angels mm. and that they were, they were they were freeing you essentially from your mortal coil or whatever and that's, the, that's the point but yeah the monsters themselves don't seem don't really uh, reflect on his character that much which yeah. is it could have been expanded upon definitely yeah, yeah. so yeah that's yeah, yeah. a mix it's, a mix yeah it's still like I feel like this is a film that maybe 
I've heard so much about. But also, we did go through two or three lists of like the top 100 horror films. Jacob's Ladder is not on any of those lists. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Which, and like, not unsurprising because I don't think it's... It's a film I had like hype going into because I've heard about it. Mm. But it's not... It's not what I thought it was. Nor is it anything... It's not better than what I thought it would have been. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like the version that I actually ended up watching is not as good as what I had in my head, but it's not as good for different reasons. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to... Mm. Yeah, I just, it's just not the film I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I, I, I just heard different things about it. I was like, I just wasn't prepared for it. It's like one scene of, like, Cronenbergian as horror as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there is some body horror in it, yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's all, like, it's just glances of it. Although that bit where he gets the fucking syringe in his head was fucking awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's weird imagery in it. I think that, that's that's what makes it so kind of... What makes it infamous is because it has just those flashes. And maybe the people who were watching that weren't expecting that. Mm. But we were expecting more of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Expectations can ruin a film. Yeah, stop hyping up films, yeah. people. Everyone stop doing that. <laughs> Everyone's going to go watch, go watch Blackberry now that I said it's a good film. Like, that <laughs> film is shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, fuck all about that. It's standing by service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, less about, fil- about phones now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Will we leave it there? We'll leave it there. What's our recommended film for episode 126? What film did I say I was going to pick? Fuck, what film? I actually can't remember. I can't remember. Oh, shit. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have to hit pause there because as soon as I hit pause, I remembered. Uh, my recommended film for episode 126 will be the classic Japanese horror film, The Ring, or... Ringu. Ringu. I think Ringu might be a different film, but The Ring. Oh. I think Ringu might be different. I think there's The Ring and also Ringu. It's but not like Haosu. Let me check. Let me type in Ringu here and see what comes up. Ringu. Oh, yeah, okay, right. They're the same thing. Um, Yeah, The Ring. The original film, not the remake from... 2002. Is it Gore Verbinski that makes that movie? Is it? Is Gore Verbinski someone... Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. He's yeah. the man behind Rango with Johnny Depp, the talking salamander. I think so. Is it Gore Verbinski? Oh, man, can't be stopped. It is. <laughs> <laughs> what? How yeah. did you know that? I've no, because I've seen that movie as well. But I, I don't know why I remember that Gore Verbinski made that movie. Yeah, so this is the original Japanese film that came out in 1998, 99. 98, yeah. 98. Uh, yeah. So that would be our 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 pick for. Our Halloween special. Oh. Yeah. Get ready for a spooky intro that I'm just going to rip from the last time I did it. (laughs) I'm going to get fucking demonetized again. (laughs) Our third annual. Yeah. Right. Good night. God bless. Bye.